You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the 415ers podcast coming at you as always three times a week. A bit of a staggered schedule this week. We're going to be dropping this episode on Sunday. And then, of course, awaiting to see who the 49ers play on Monday night between Dallas and Tampa Bay. So we'll have an episode coming for you Tuesday morning that'll drop after that game. And then your regular preview episode on Friday. So appreciate you sticking with us. Download, rate, subscribe. Five stars are appreciated. Um, Mark, that, that kind of leads us in, you know, to the next part of, of the episode. So, which is a minor look ahead. Obviously, we don't know who the 49ers are going to play, but with the New York Giants upsetting Minnesota, uh, you can take your victory lap after I finish if you'd like, considering the Vikings were uh, considered fraudulent this entire year by the majority of their critics. But you're going to get the four of the five because the Vikings are out. The Giants are going to head to Philly. So I do think my first takeaway from this is, in my opinion, it makes the 49ers' path to the NFC title game a bit more difficult just because I personally would have rather faced a Minnesota team than either Dallas or Tampa. We can get into reasons why in a sec. Um, but what did you take away from the, I guess, the Giants' victory and then how that affects the 49ers? Well, I'm a little torn, and frankly, I'm kind of frustrated at myself because as, as you laid out, uh, I have been you know, off of the Vikings bandwagon, never even on it all season long. Yeah. Very, very vocal in uh, my disdain for, uh, I don't know, this story that they were an elite football team. Nowhere close in my opinion. <laughs> um, but if you obviously listened to our last episode towards the tail end when we made picks for Wild Card Weekend, I convinced myself to pick the Vikings to to beat the Giants thinking, oh, it's a, it's a battle of, you know, Two eh teams. Vikings mm-hmm. are at home. They've made a habit of winning close games. They'll probably find a way to do it again. Uh, so I should have just stuck to my guns, Evan, and picked the Vikings to lose. I, I would have been proud of myself, but as it played out, I'm I'm pretty frustrated at myself. It was a role but- reversal, weirdly enough. I picked the Giants to beat <laughs> the Vikings, and you picked the Vikings. <laughs> it was. It was. So kudos. Good pick. Good pick. The Giants come out on top. Daniel Jones. Looked good. The The job that Brian Dable has done with the Giants is incredible. Um, I think when you discuss the, the road for the 49ers, you can't have the conversation. I know we'll talk a lot about Dallas or Tampa Bay throughout the week, um, but you can't discuss, you know, the, the difficultness or however easy the, the road is for the 49ers without on the other side looking at the road for the Eagles. Um and that's a division matchup. And I don't know. I think that the Giants can give Dallas, or pardon me, can give Philadelphia a tough game. They have a solid defense. They haven't really gotten a ton of recognition for that defense. Uh, and, you know, they got beat at times by Justin Jefferson. TJ Hawkinson had a great game against them. Um, but th- they're a quality defense. And then the ability of Daniel Jones to run, I think, will give the, the Eagles defense fits. Now, I-, I still think the Cowboys probably would have been the tougher matchup for Philadelphia. Um, but I-, I don't think the Giants are going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe the, the Giants are able to give the-, the the Eagles a tough matchup. Maybe it's not a blowout. And maybe, you know, they're 
feeling it a little bit heading into a potential NFC championship game. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but looking on the other side as well, I do think that it's not the worst result for the 49ers in that sense. I do agree, though, if you are a Niner fan rooting for the, um, I don't know, easiest potential uh, opponent in the divisional round, you should be rooting for Tampa Bay on Monday night. Um, Dallas's defense, although it has been bad over the last month or so, certainly more talented, um, and their offense has been more efficient as well. I, I think the Niners should root for for a Tampa Bay team uh, to, to win this game. We'll see how that one plays out, but uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting because the, the, the loss of the Vikings kind of throws a wrench into the NFC playoffs because of the, the seeding and how it all works out. So I'm eager to watch that game Monday night and, and see who's coming to Santa Clara. Yeah, I'm with you too. And look, I, I don't think it will be easy or difficult either way. But the reason why I feel like it makes the 49ers path tougher is because, you know, kind of like Mark laid out, I'm, I do believe that the Vikings didn't get as much credit as they deserve for 13 wins, but I don't think that they're a physically imposing football team yeah. and they were not going to test the 49ers as much as either Dallas, who I think is, would be the third best team in the NFC behind San Francisco and Philadelphia. But also there's something about playing a team. I know we just saw Seattle get waxed a third straight time, but playing a team a second time in the year makes things a little bit more difficult, especially when one, you got Tom Brady on the other side, but two, you have the Buccaneers who are a little more healthy, who have been playing better football. And I just think present a more difficult matchup for San Francisco. I expect Dallas to win that football game. And so that's kind of what I'm basing my statement on just because I think San Francisco is a team that struggles more. If a team is able to run the football as well as pass, which Dallas can do more than Tampa Bay and Minnesota, as much as they have playmakers in the backfield and on the outside, we saw New York relatively take Justin Jefferson out of the football game compared to what he'd done. And the line of scrimmage to me is not one that favored Minnesota. Also, New York going to Philadelphia to me, like you mentioned, is an easier matchup, I think, than possibly Dallas or Tampa. So it just makes things a little bit easier for Philly, who, of course, is got its own issues with the fact that Jalen Hurts hasn't played much football down the stretch of this regular season. And, the, you know, they're dealing with an issue at the offensive line, having lost Lane Johnson, a member of their secondary. So they're going to try and figure things out in their first game. Uh, but I expect them to take care of business. So I, I think when if we're talking about the Monday Night Football matchup, I would rather see Tampa Bay, as strange as that sounds, saying you want to see Tom Brady. Yeah. But I just think that the San Francisco 49ers match up better with the Buccaneers, even though they've already played them once. And, well, they did they did beat them pretty handedly. But I think they match up better with that team as opposed to Dallas. Yeah, I think the one thing about Tampa that does give me a little bit of pause, one, you have just the greatest quarterback of all time, who, if that matchup does happen, is coming off of a playoff win against a good team and, Suddenly they're feeling better. The connection with Mike Evans has suddenly improved, which had been terrible all season long. Um, and then you also have the interesting storyline of uh, Brock Purdy's first two playoff starts coming against teams he made starts against in limited time in the regular season. How does that impact things? I don't know. It obviously didn't help Seattle all that much this weekend. The one thing to note that is undoubtedly a positive for the 49ers out of this Minnesota New York results, Evan is that the Niners will have the rest advantage by two whole days 
on whoever wins, Dallas yeah. or Tampa Bay, because the Niners played on Saturday. And I know when the wild card schedule came out, everyone was up in arms. Oh, my God, why would you put the Niners on Saturday, the first game of the day? It's terrible. The Niners are a public team. You got to put them on Sunday night football. No, I mean, it, it makes things a little more difficult for you in that wild card game. But if you get out of it and the way it's playing out, you will play the winner of Monday night football, which means you will play on a Sunday. You will have one extra day of rest than normal. And the team you're playing, either Dallas or Tampa Bay, will have one fewer day of rest than normal. So add it all together and you have a rest advantage of two days against your opponent in the divisional round. Say what you want about playoff football. Two days of rest is huge. That means a lot, especially for a game like Dallas and Tampa Bay, which we do expect to be relatively competitive. That game could come down to the wire. A couple of physical and strong defenses. You could get beaten up a bit. Two extra days off is huge, and that's playing in the 49ers' favor for whoever they play against in the divisional round. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, Mark. And also considering the 49ers, at least from what I could tell, didn't really get beat up all that yep. much by Seattle, and they walk out of that game with health. I mean, we're talking about Debo Samuel and his you know, his ankle because of Abram, and I know Drake Greenlaw limped off the field at one point but was able to return. They didn't lose anyone of significance, and so they are going to have the health advantage and the rest advantage, uh, I would say, against whoever they face. So that's a really good point. Uh, I do want to finish this episode, as always, with some game balls that we hand out, Mark. And I will toss it to you first serve. It's oh. your game ball from the Saturday wildcard weekend. I feel like there's a handful of really good candidates. I, mm-hmm. I, I think we, for the most part, got to start offensively. Uh, maybe there's a game ball to give out on the defensive side. Um, for me, I do kind of want to go back to something I talked about Um in our preview episode last time out, and it was Christian McCaffrey. I I expected a big game from him. He was really good once again, had that 68-yard run. I personally, I don't know what you did, I uh, bet McCaffrey's over a rushing total, and he almost had it on his first carry of the game, so I was sitting pretty through that game. 119 yards on the ground. Didn't have a, a big day through the air, 17 catches, but one of 17 yards, pardon me, on two catches. One of them went for a touchdown. He had, uh, what, 136 total yards with that score. I know it's probably not the most popular pick considering Debo Samuel went off and Brock Purdy had a historic debut. But I'll go Christian McCaffrey uh, making my prediction come true from Friday. He was really good, over 100 yards from scrimmage again and a score. And he should have had two scores, as you mentioned, he was across the goal line that ended up being a Brock pretty sneak for a touchdown. But McCaffrey was really good once again. And as soon as they gave him the ball more often, that's when the game turned. He helped change this game. McCaffrey gets my game ball. That That's certainly a good one, Mark. I, I cannot refute, refute that. And uh, I think I've stated this, but I feel like Christian McCaffrey is the most important offensive player on the 49ers. My game ball, however, goes to the quarterback. And the man making his first postseason appearance as a rookie at home, and that is Brock Purdy. And there was a bit of a trend this weekend that I noticed that Brock Purdy, in essence, started just because he played the first game. But that was quarterbacks making their first appearance in the postseason, bouncing back after subpar or, in some case, horrendous first halves. And Brock Purdy did not 
play that well in the first half of the football game. What he was, you know, nine of 19 uh, threw the ball away quite a bit down there in the red zone, just didn't look comfortable, but clearly got back on track as the offense got back to basics, had a fantastic second half that resulted in three total touchdowns. And, you know, I'm looking at, Unfortunately, I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence, who threw four <laughs> picks in the first half of his game, ended up with four total touchdowns as well. Even as we're recording this, uh, Daniel Jones, making his first postseason appearance, didn't play, I thought, all that well in the first half, despite giving his team a lead, but did enough for his team down the stretch in the second half to win that football game against the Vikings. And, you know, as as we're recording this right now, I know Joe Burrow is, you know, is back to doing what he's doing. We'll see how Tyler Huntley plays for the Baltimore Ravens. Who knows? But Brock Purdy, to me, with the resilience that he showed from first half to second half, receives my game ball. Well, yeah, what, the uh, the one quarterback making his postseason debut who uh, – had a great first half and a bad second half is, is what? Justin Herbert, huh? Technically, I mean, we can dig into that if you really want to. Uh, I, I no, don't, we don't need to. <laughs> Justin Herbert did miss a couple of throws. I'm not going to say that collapse was entirely upon him, nor was the season of his yeah. shortcomings entirely upon him. I'm, I'm looking you. at you, uh, Joe Lombardi. But yeah. that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, certainly. I, I do think... Uh, sticking the dagger in me. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I do think Debo Samuel... I mean, we spend a lot talking yeah. about Debo Samuel. He deserves a game ball as well. Six catches, 133 yards. Had that touchdown from 74 yards out. Also, three carries for 32 yards. I know when he was healthy, there was a lot of talk about the lack of success from Debo in the run game. Um, but he broke one for 22 yards, had some chunk plays on the ground, of course, had a, a lot of chunk plays through the air. Niners offense as a whole, chunk play after chunk play. I mean, 74 yards for Debo Samuel. These are all single plays. 74 for Debo, 68-yard run for McCaffrey, 33 for Juwan Jennings, 31 for Brandon Ayuk, 22 for Debo Samuel on the ground, 23 for George Kittle. It was big play after big play, and uh, Debo Samuel led the way there. Yeah, and then on the defensive side, probably uh, not Charles Amena who, but Charles Amena Hugh with a couple of <laughs> sacks for the San Francisco 49ers. He would probably get my game ball if we're talking about defensive efforts just because I think he made the single most important play defensively of the game. If you had to whittle it down, of course, there was a lot of good that happened on that side of the football, but made the big play that turned over the ball for the first time. And the 49ers did not look back, of course, after they got that opening drive touchdown. So that's where my game ball would go. Yeah, huge acquisition. No one really thought about it was midseason last year, acquiring him from the Texans for, I think, a, a late round draft pick. No yeah, one really like knew. Yeah, fifth round, maybe even a sixth round, something like that. No one really knew who he was, and, and now he's coming out and, and he had the best game of his career in the postseason. Also think a quick shout-out is uh, deserved for Diamador Lenore, who had an interception. I, I'm not just uh, – I know what you're thinking. I, I'm not shouting him out just because he's an Oregon Duck, although, you know, go Ducks. Um, <laughs> but he had an interception. He had five tackles. He was matched up every so often with DK Metcalf, and he had a really good game. I know that a lot of the talk the last couple of weeks was how he has been targeted and been abused, um, you know, by what AJ Green of the Cardinals, mm -hmm. uh, also Devonte Adams of the Raiders. The last couple of weeks, he stepped up to the challenge and had a really, really good game. Five tackles and an interception. It it was relative garbage time when the interception happened, but that was really the final nail in the coffin. 
but I thought he had a really nice bounce back game. I wouldn't say it's game ball worthy, but it's shout out worthy because he had been talked about as the weak point of this defense for a couple of months and he bounced back and had a really good game. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, DK Metcalf was handing out L's all over the field. Uh, Ten catches, a buck, 42 touchdowns, one of which on Charvarius. He was Charvarius. He wasn't Mooney Ward on that play. He was, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it was, uh, oh, actually, I, I do have to give credit. So I'm in another group chat for the 95-7 The Game colleague, Joe Spadoni, got to shout him out, who had the line of the day, which was, he was more like Charmander Ward the way he got burnt. So that, I thought that one was pretty good. Do I have to give him a shout out on that? Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, not the best day at the office uh, for Mooney Ward. but And yet they win by 18, so who cares? True, true. And uh, I mean, I guess you could be worried about Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or C.D. Lamb, depending on who you play next, but you're not going to go up against a, a physical beast like D.K. Metcalf again next week. So hopefully... A bounce back week coming up for, for yep. Mooney Ward. Don't have to worry about Justin Jefferson. See ya. And the 49ers, we wait to see their opponent. Again, we'll have a midweek episode coming to you on Tuesday. So after the, the day after, morning after the Dallas and Tampa Bay game. That's in Tampa Bay, four versus five. And we're looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to getting back to you on the next episode. Look out for it on Tuesday morning as this concludes a victory playoff edition of the 415ers podcast. Brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. As always, Mark, my man, thank you. Yes, sir, Evan. Looking forward to a chat and once again here a little bit. No doubt. 49ers shellac the Seahawks 41-23. They'll be back next weekend. TBD on who they play. We'll have all that coverage for you and more coming up next on the 415ers podcast. We appreciate you listening.